Moto One Podcast Network. You told me once. You're listening to a show hosted by an idiot and a sarcastic robot. That's me. It features the opinions of that idiot and the opinions of guest motorcyclists from a large demographic with a varying array of skills, talent, and knowledge. Any of the words that you hear on this podcast may therefore be very idiotic, unlawful, and incorrect, or perhaps genius and insightful. Either way, they do not reflect the opinions or well-thought-out and completely fair policies of the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast or any of the podcasts under the Moto One Podcast Network umbrella. Enjoy the show, Fart Tooth. Indeed, enjoy the show, Fart Tooth. This is Junkie, and I'm coming to you from the cockpit of a 1972. I don't even know how loud I am. Pretty loud? I just, yo, I didn't want to do that. Well, it happened. It's going to happen again unless I move this microphone. There we go. All right, yeah, I'm coming to you from the cockpit of uh, a 1972... Uh, Preeptrix Portera, and it's a type of uh, airplane. Oh, you are. Are you? <laughs> Tobor is here with me, flying. Uh, yes, I am. And uh, Tobor, you're actually controlling this thing. I have no idea what I'm doing. Hello, Junkie. How are you doing today? I'm flying. Great show oh, sure we do. Actually, we do. Yeah, let's get into it. You're right, Tobor. Um, you, you take over flying this plane i have no idea what i'm doing and i'm trying to be very quiet because it's very i don't this this headset was made for not made for recording audio that's for sure um yeah we got a banger of a show coming up i didn't want to leave you guys hanging you know there is a, a we we were on spring break so there's been a week of no show uh and i didn't I, I, we're gonna have a one recording this week, but I didn't want to leave you hanging. I know how it, I know how it is when you're anticipating a show and there's nothing to listen to, and all the podcasts out there won't even tell you what they're listening to, right? So, uh, yeah. So I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do. This one's gonna be a little bit of a um, a reboot, and of course, I'm gonna what I'm gonna do for you here is I'm gonna update the upcoming events so that you have an idea of what's what's happening and an upcoming and you're not listening to something excuse me from 55 years ago and uh while I'm while I am finagling that's not the right word while I'm searching here and stalling for time looking for my notes to the drive I'm totally unprepared we we we're doing this on the fly from the from a cockpit you you heard me so um yeah I'm just going to be while while Tobor is doing his thing I'm going to be digging around in my drive looking for the show notes uh, in the meantime, um, I did want to tell you that this this one goes back a little bit. It's kind of a um, oh gosh, it's kind of a 
throwback when we had Wiggs on the show. Wiggs is going to be on the show again uh, this week. Here we go. Here's the notes I was looking for. Um, and so I just kind of wanted to throw this one out there and give you guys something to listen to. So although this is not an official episode 295, this is going to be a reboot of episode 264. Uh, Wiggins ruins everything. And on this show, we, we talk with Wiggs. Um, it's going to be a banger and it's pretty funny, but we're obviously the Dakar rally news from 22 kind of old at this point. Even the Dakar news from 23 is pretty old at this point, so we won't get into it. Um, but we are, we do chat about it a little bit and we also discuss his dad and anybody that, um, knows Wiggs and, and last year, you know, his dad passed away. So this was, this was before that happened. Um, and yeah, so good show, good, good memories listening back to this one. And I can't wait to have him uh, and other Chris on tomorrow. They're going to be here in the studio. Hopefully Tobor is, uh, you know, not screwing things up. Hopefully Tobor is cordial. Maybe I'll actually have to power you down, buddy. We just have to play it by ear and see how it goes. Well, one of the Chris is a total idiot. And the other one abides by my knowledge senses parameters. So I can be cordial to one. And I just won't say much to the other. All right, sounds good. Now, you just fly this little plane while I do the notes for today. All right, so I can't tell how loud I'm talking, but hopefully it's not too loud. So listen, guys, this is the weekend. Uh, Big things happening this weekend. God, this thing is terrible sounding. I'm glad you can't hear the engines roaring. That's that's good enough. So listen, April 13th this week... um, is the Memphis Let's Rock This Women's Moto Rally happening in Memphis, Tennessee um, uh, next month, first week, first weekend, maybe? First or second weekend is International Women's Ride Day, so let's get out there and rock this uh, to women and uh, do all that fun stuff in April before it's even International Ride Day. Um, April 14th through 16th, it's Tallahassee Bike Fest 2023 happening in Tallahassee, Florida. April 15th. This is the big one. Oh, yeah, this sounds so much better. Thank you, Tilbor. He he gently reached over here and uh, smashed the um, the ear holes. What are these called? The ear pods? Uh, onto my face with his loving uh, robotic hands. Tilbor, you're crushing my skull. Stop. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, April 15th, the Classic Track Day is happening at Big Willow, Willow Springs International Raceway, Rosemont, California. Uh... That is going to be a race, a school day. That's going to be the motorcycle festival day. Uh, well, the beginning of it. It's a whole weekend. Uh, April 15th and 16th is the Will Springs Grand Prix Classic Motorcycle Festival. Uh, the Grand Prix is going to be happening on Sunday. If you would like to race Sunday, uh, get <laughs> get your booty. Can you hear the engines roaring? Get your booty there on Saturday. Go to the race school and uh, make sure you get your license and then you can actually race on Sunday uh, around the big track. Uh, there's also going to be some, uh, I believe there's going to be music. There's going to be food. There's going to be some drag racing at night. Uh, and there's going to be a bike show, um, all put on by several different sponsors. Fabulous, fabulous stuff. Um, and creative writing. We are sponsoring the uh, Super Classic Race, which is pretty exciting. And I, if you want to check out, um, you can go to bradywalker.com uh, or check out the Classic Track Day uh, Instagram. You can see all of the uh, itinerary and schedule there. 
and uh, check it out. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. I'm sorry I'm not like screaming more about it, but it, it, over the roar of the motors and the uh, blasting in this headset, it, I'd kill myself. So, but I am really excited about it, and I hope you can all get out there to uh, experience this. It's gonna be pretty awesome. Uh, April 19th through 23rd, Angel City Spring Motorcycle Rally is happening in Unadilla, Georgia. Uh, the 19th through the 23rd, Teleco Plains, Tennessee, the Rendezvous ADV or the RDV ADV bike rally is happening. Uh, April 23rd is the SoCal Cycle Swap Meet at Long Beach Veterans Stadium in Long Beach. And April 28th through 30th, this is pretty awesome, the, account, um, the One Moto Show is happening in Portland. So that is just a couple weekends away now. Pretty stoked on that. Uh, the Californian is happening May 6th at Santa Anita Park in Arcadia. That's going to be another Brady Walker banger. Uh, Kentucky Derby Day is happening. You can see race horses right next to race motorcycles. And he's bringing back the Derby at the Derby. Uh, I don't know if he's put it out yet, but if you have a wooden car that you would like to race on a, a wooden car racetrack, like an old, uh, soapbox, not soapbox derby. What do they call those? Pine, pine, pine box derby. <laughs> Is that right? Pine car derby? Pine derby? Pine derby. Uh, you get a race of pine tree, and pine trees aren't very fast from what I've seen. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they are. Uh, round 6, uh, actually uh, May 6th and 7th is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, rounds 1 and 2 of the Bagger Racing League happening in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, you're going to get to see a little bit of an exhibition race happening out at the Willow Springs Grand Prix. Uh, so that's going to be pretty exciting and fun. And uh, the actual official start of that is going to be May 6th and 7th. And May 19th through 20th, uh, the Henford Cycle Show and Swap Meet happening in Kings County uh, Fairgrounds in Central California. I'm going to um, – I think there's some other stuff besides that uh, coming up. I think we're missing some stuff. I, I have a feeling that there is a Texas Fandango coming up. I heard uh, – I know I've heard Danger Dan talking about that, and I have a feeling that that's coming up. And also, I want to say May 18th, there is a Born Free pre-party happening. Roland Sands is setting it up, so I'll get some more of these dates uh, figured out and, and uh, mentioned on our next official show. Like I said, it's a little bit hard to, it's a little bit actually disconcerting to be up here in this aircraft with to Tobor at the helm and me looking at a computer screen while we're like, bumping and dipping around so i'm i'm amazed at how calm i sound uh in the meantime let's um let's do a little little, little stingy let's get into this episode with wigs and uh, i'll pop back in at the end of the show um and remind you guys of some stuff that's going on but once again let's pop into this episode i gotta quit clapping my hands i know tobor <laughs> just keep your hands on the yoke dude all right we'll be right back with some more creative writing unless something tragic happens here in the air Reminding you to come on down and get everything you need for your bike. We've got tires. They're round. They're made of rubber. And we supply everything you need, including valve stems. The only thing you need to supply is the air. That's right. Come down to Flats Tires. We're on the corner of State Street and First down in Epperton. Mm -hmm. 
For over 131 years and several months, Klobman's has been supplying quality pickles to motorcyclists the world over. Legendary icons such as Sylvester Roper, Oscar Hedstrom, William Harley, Betsy Stringfield, Frank Willoughby Cotton, Evil Knievel, Nikki Hayden, and Sachiro Honda have all quenched their desires for a thick, juicy pickle sliding across their greasy, willing lips with none other than a fine specimen from Klopman's. Join the Hall of Fame, win your first race, impress the judges, put a Klopman's in your mouth, and a championship trophy on your shelf. Klopman's, not for dreamers, for doers. Klopman's, the only pickle for motorcyclists. posting a story I'm just changing the song i'm just no when it comes to distracted driving just don't sending a text takes your eyes off the road for just five seconds but in that time your car can travel the length of an entire football field any distracted driving just isn't worth it visit stoptextsstoprex.org a message brought to you by the national highway traffic safety administration project yellow light and the ad council i'm not in the mood I cannot be responsible for you riding home drunk because on two wheels, whether they're pedal power or people power. So, bicycle. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody. It is Creative Writing. This is truly episode 264. I know on episode 263, I said it was episode 264, and I was wrong. But you know what I did? I went back and edited the audio. And you know what happened? <laughs> there was a... A grand um, miscalculation on my part. I'm gonna I'm gonna pot us up a little bit, so I'm gonna turn us down a little bit here. So hey, I know I haven't been here in a while, but congratulations on 264 shows. Yeah, guess what? Um, I just I edited you in a whole bunch so that you were oh, just... good, good, like deep take. <laughs> yeah, you just total, took all my sayings total. and put them in. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So it worked out. But yeah, so um, I'm gonna turn you up, turn us up a little bit now that I know how hot we are. Grocery outlet's a dangerous, dangerous. Dude, place. listen, I ate some kimchi tonight, so if you start farting at me with that stuff, I'm gonna Dude. start farting at you with some kimchi. That's like that's a huge box of beef jerky for fucking ten dollars. Yes, and that can't, I can't, I can't even make it for that. You can't say that on other podcasts. They don't even, <laughs> they have no concept of the beef jerky. Hey, everybody, this is Creative Writing, and uh, we're coming to you hot from the studios. We're we're coming in on 15 seconds to the intro here, but I just want to say how dangerously well groomed Wiggins is tonight. He is, uh, he's looking great. He pedaled over here on a uh, a pedal bicycle, if you can believe it, of all things. And Wiggs, uh, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. All right, I, let's. Am I? Moto One Podcast Network. Wiggins, now we're now we're a lot louder. Are we? Sounds good. Good, because I turned it down in our headphones so that we wouldn't blow each other's eardrums out. Okay. So hey, everybody, welcome. This is episode two sixty four. Episode two sixty three, of course, was the. Uh, oh no, do I have this wrong? This might be episode two sixty five, Wigs. Um, we had a bunch Who's of counting? people on 263 that was a cheesehead extravaganza, and uh, we had a bunch of people from Wisconsin right before Flat Out Friday on. Nice. Yeah. And then the very next week, I wrapped up the IMS show that I went to, and I rode every single ADV bike that I could at IMS, and I made my suggestion for you, and since I know you don't listen, <laughs> excuse me, listen to the show, I know you didn't hear what I, what I think would be an amazing, amazing bike for you. You told me. Yeah. I don't... What, what do you think? The, the, you said the super itinerary, right? Nope. Oh, 
Oh, the Suzuki. Yeah, the V-Straw, man. I mean, it does have something I really like, and that's it's a V. Yeah, it's a V. But this is the music we're going to hear. I can turn the music off so we don't need to hear it. It's confusing. I don't but, know. Uh, Are we just, supposed to hear it? It just gives a little background. Um, so I'll mute it here, and I'll turn it back on for the, uh, the folks in the actual podcast. Oops. Yeah. So, right. I thought you would really dig the V-Strom, um, not only because it's got a uh, history, and it was a 1037 when it was the V-Strom 1000, and it's a 1037 now that it's the V-Strom 1050. So it's always been a 1037. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Marketing genius. It, it, very much. And, you know, like the... GS1200 was always an 1170, so they always go up and, and the V-Strom's like, hey, man, we don't have to change. And Suzuki, bold new graphics, bold new name, same it, engine. At least the one I checked out, it was the yellow one. Yeah. So it was real dirt bike looking. Yeah. Like almost too much. Um, I don't think it has a 21 front either. That was one of the drawbacks that I, I had Which with it, too. for the street, I think that's better. It's got a 19, right? Yeah, it's 1917, which everything has except for the Africa Twin. The Africa Twin does have a 21... 18. 19. 21, 19. So yeah, it's like so. full dirt yeah, bike size. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. So the biggest negative slash positive review I got of the Africa Twin so far was I hated it, and then I rode it off-road again. It's a friend of mine that has one, and he's yeah. like, then I remembered why I had it. Yeah. So, I hated it. Yeah. And only because it just felt like a golf cart. It was the DCT. There was only one yeah, six-speed. Yeah. They were trying to, like, p- pump these DCTs. They only had one six-speed there, and everyone's, like, getting a boner over the DCT, you know, and I didn't like it at I all. I think they sell, I think, a lot of people, it's easy, and they think, oh, off-road, if I don't have a clutch to worry about. It's like having a recluse, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people like the recluse for that. So mm-hmm. I, I get it, but... I just don't think performance-wise it'll hold up. Yeah. So, I don't know. My big thing is going to be, one, the plan is to uh, twist and road it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And two, it's going to be what I can find used. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you're really going to go off-road, like real off-road stuff, like single-track shit... Poltares makes it look so easy on that Tenere 700. Yeah. It may not be that easy, but on, um, what's it called? On uh, the Dakar, like they, those are all 450s. You know what I'm saying? And there was a they kitted a out. bigger class on 450s too, right? Don't they have the, bigger bikes now or they're all just 450s? In the Dakar, they've always been mm-hmm. 450s. And that's why it's funny that the Africa Twins, like at 1100, like all the adventure bikes are like 1100 because yeah. in, in the races, they've always been 450s. They look big because of that. They look different. But, but they, they put all the body work. And, yeah. Yeah. Which I get. So, so dude, I seen get, it. Uh, I know you're a Honda fan. Mm-hmm. At IMS, I saw a totally kitted out CRF 450L, that new one. The R, yeah, yeah. Actually, it was an RL. So it's like, yeah, yeah. it's got even more race shit on it. And I was like, Wiggins would dig this. And I think it could do the freeway speed. It's not going to do 90 on the freeway yeah. for 100 miles. But, you know, the thing is, like, a 450 will do 90. But that's a, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard on it. And if you want it to be a good off-road bike, you're not going to be doing 90. Those guys yeah. racing, they don't usually do 90. Mm-hmm. It looks like they're doing 90 because they're hauling It's ass. a trade-off. Yeah. And I think, uh, which we saw some when we took the Julian trip. Yeah. But... My idea is, you know, I got a buddy I ride with that I think would be down and we could make some good trips. But the idea is like you load up camping gear on the bike, you meet up at like 4 a.m. 
and you just set cruise control to like Northern California. There you go. And Boom. Then, yeah. And then you've got tons of off-roading, but you got to get there on the freeway too. Yeah. And that, uh, I don't know. And, and being solo, I'm like, you know, you can put pretty decent tires on it and ride, like ride actual trips too yeah. on the road. Yeah. But not that I ride very many long trips. Yeah. In 2021, hey, I if I could have done that shit on Spamla, you can do it on a 450. There's also that. <laughs> the 450s need motor rebuilds every few hours. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, these new ones, oh my God. Some of the uh, some of the um, maintenance on these things, you wouldn't believe. It's like every 500 miles. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's like buy, buy, just buy a DR650 or the, a KLR where you change the motor yeah. every 10 years. I don't know about motor the Tenere 700, but I know the FZ09 I had had like a really long first maintenance interval. It was like 17,000 or something to get the valves done, which was kind of unheard of at the time. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these... Um, some of the newer ones, even some of the, like the new Ducati, I think has like a, oh my God, yeah. it's, it's very low. Very I low. should say unheard of on bikes of that style. Uh, yeah. And oh, at that the, age too. The Ducati is like a low maintenance interval. It's short. Yeah. And, and also, Inexpensive. uh, I think the, um, yeah. And I think that the, uh, I want to say that new CRF 450RL has also very low maintenance uh, Probably is. intervals. Because it's basically a 450R. R. It's detuned. Yeah, basically. A little bit. Yeah. Hey, before we get too, um, too far into the show, I did want to say thanks to all of our patrons. Uh, if you're interested in going to the show, head over to patreon.com. There's one patron tonight we're, <laughs> we're hoping to target. Um, but if we say something you don't like, email chriswiggins at gmail.com. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, no. I. That's I, one if I had money for. Yeah. Like yeah. In America. Yeah. Minus its recall already. It's been getting. It has. Yeah. It has had a recall. I did want to say too. Um, if you drive a Honda Rebel 1100, your radiator cap is now available to ship from Honda. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got a TSP at work uh, that the, uh, the radiator caps are available. I didn't even know there was a recall on that, but I guess there's already been a recall on that too. Um, yeah, the Pan Ams had a recall, but from what I've heard, that thing's pretty awesome. I just got through reading an AMA, I think it was December's issue, uh, where Wit and Meza, who I know from our Facebook group or our Facebook page because she liked us. I think she was part of the, um, I want to say she was part of the Milwaukee Rivets. I know her through Narissa. Like I saw her, she was a photographer, she was a mom. And then the next thing I know, she's popping up in the AMA magazine because she rode all 48 states in 10 days or nine days, something like that, on a Pan Am that she got the, the Motorco let her borrow it. And she just ripped all 48 states in 10 days. And I was like, oh crap. So nice. talk about having a baboon looking butt when you get home. You know, I wouldn't want to sit down. I wouldn't want to see a motorcycle for two I mean, if you max weeks. it out and just hit the corners, it could be pretty doable, pretty easy. Yeah. You drive as fast as you can through Detroit and New Jersey. Like <laughs> I know Detroit's not a state, it's a city, but you get, you know, what other city is in Michigan? Don't start naming them because I'm sure. That no, that's really it. Yeah, it's just Detroit. But I mean, you haul ass through Michigan. You, you haul ass through Jersey. What all you do is like to get to like Chicago, to get to Illinois and to Wisconsin, like you got to 
go through Indiana. Like, there's no way yeah. through Michigan. Yeah. So you'd have to go into Indiana, dip up, hit it, come back out. Yeah. Like, I did. Uh, That's how she got Indiana, I think. She got the hell out of Indiana, too. She's yeah, like, go shoot fuck you that. You actually probably have to ride across Indiana. Damn but it. When I did uh, Avoid that place. in 2012, <laughs> when I left... What's under South Dakota? North Dakota. Don't you know your <laughs> yeah, maps? Yeah, that. Uh, or actually, no, it was when I was in South Dakota. I stayed in the southeast corner, and then I was going over to Sturgis, so I went up to the freeway that went to Sturgis, and it was like five miles from the uh, Minnesota border. Mm, yeah. So I literally hung a right on the freeway, went into uh, Minnesota to the Minnesota. first exit, got off, took a photo, marked it on my little map that I nice. made in Minnesota, <laughs> and pulled out and left. Yeah. I've gone cross-country. You can turn that off if you want to. Just good. hit that big power button. There you go. What would it, what did it say it was? 58 in here? Yeah. Uh, nice. But now that I've... Roasting in Now here. I've raced in Minnesota. Nice. Oh, yeah. X Games. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say another one, but no, that indoor one is actually in Wisconsin. Hmm. Yeah. Minneapolis. That's the only city I can think of in Minnesota. If you say St. Paul, city. I'm going to say that's in Michigan. They're across the river from each other. It'd be Wisconsin, but... Oh, yeah. That's right. They're both the Badger State. Did you know that? I thought just Minnesota was the Badger State. Just Wisconsin. Then I learned Wisconsin was the Badger State. Wisconsin, the university is... The University of Wisconsin, they are the Badgers. Mm -hmm. And the University of Minnesota... They're the Badgers. You think they're the Vikings because really? the NFL team, but they're no, not. the NFL team. I don't know. Yeah. It's not the Wisconsin chickens. I mean, the uh, Minnesota chickens. I know that much. Honey Badger, don't give up. Yeah. So, hey, listen, I wanted to talk about a couple things. Um, I, I'm not looking at my timer. I really should be because I was supposed to keep these segments under 10 minutes. I got some new rules. I, I put out a, while you were absent... <laughs> While uh, while while things are happening around the world, you're gonna be calling me next week. Hey, just ten more minutes. Yeah, just ten more minutes. I know. I told him ten minutes. He's been over here for seven hours. Um, so I took a poll on Patreon before we get into the show. This is our little update with what's been what's been happening with creative writing. I took a poll on Patreon. I asked the listeners or, or the patrons actually, and your dad replied by the way. So I know he's still a patron. <laughs> I said, hey, should we keep Tobor or get rid of Tobor? That was the, my very first question because that's important because I started building. I don't know if you can see Jeffrey Carver, the racing unicorn over there, and this uh, an, a couple of animatronics. I've been trying to set up Tobor so that he's actually got some functionality and he's not just an, an a-hole to me uh, on, on the air. Pardon me. And so it was a three to three. It's a split decision on whether to keep Tobor or not. And so this poll, I think, ends in January. I was going to give everybody till the end of January to decide. So we'll see. It's split right now to keep Tobor so or shelf So the next decision it. might be the decision maker. That's right. So if you're if you're the swing vote, go watch that Kevin Costner movie. Decide if you want the weight of the world on your shoulders and then be the swing vote. Keep or get rid of Tobor. So it's split right now. The next one was keep the show one dum-dum or get... <laughs> A co-host and have two dum-dums And it was two votes To keep one dum-dum So there's two of you fools out there that Oh, and it tells me their names. Oh, wow. Rambling. Yeah, exactly. Two hours of Turdman just blabbing about nothing. There's two people that likes it. Uh, One dum-dum. Six people want a co-host. So you tell your dad you're back on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Keep it largely non-racing. 
Um, that was only two votes. Cover a little bit of everything. That was four votes. Cover only road racing was one vote. Cover only flat track was one vote. And cover only supercross, motocross, GNC, hard enduro, and scrambles, 18 votes. So, Wigan, you better fresh up on your... I was your... going to say jokes on them. I don't know shit about <laughs> any of them. <laughs> yeah, that was actually zero. So we're, we're in the clear <laughs> on that one. Um, talk about projects and fabrication, or I don't want to hear about creative writing projects unanimous they want to hear about our projects so sounds good yeah we're, we're gonna be talking about a lot of stuff this year hopefully i i hope chris can come on other chris and i hope yeah. me and you will have a bunch of crap to talk about we're definitely gonna have to figure out how to work this in with wrench and wednesdays yeah i know i know and we'll tell we'll tell you guys what that is in a minute so also talk about bike technology or i don't care about technology turns out unanimously people care about technology and it takes me back to those i just can't afford the technology yeah i know that's why all my bikes are old pieces of shit that's that's why we research technology, but we drive yeah. stuff yeah. that doesn't have it. Because of my job, my car has technology. I do. Listen, for real. So, hey, no more or do more historical shows like when me and uh, Wiggins talked about rotary engines mm, or yeah, Junkie. I can't take it anymore. Reprezai melted my brain. It was eight to one. So people want to hear more historical episodes and more motorcycle history. That stuff I think is fun. Yes. Yeah. Entertaining to listen to, and I'll have to call Emma to brush up on my knowledge. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Hey, these are my notes. Listen, Can you fact check me? Listen, Emma, you're going to be the ghost writer on this show. Can you just <laughs> listen in? Whisper, I'll, I'll pot you down, but I'll put you in Wiggins ear on the board here so you can whisper the right answers. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be funny. Um, and then I prefer an hour show with less topics. I prefer a one and a half hour show with medium topics. I prefer two hours of junkie just going off the rails total bananas or I don't care how long it is, you pervert. Well, it was almost unanimous. It was, I prefer an hour show was three or an hour and a half was three and then two people said they don't care how long it is but we ain't, we ain't going Rogan. We're not going to do a three hour. Yeah, so I figure let's keep it an hour. I think as long as it's good. Like if we get on some Oh shit, wait, say that minutes. again? Oh, yeah, true. Did you just say, I think as long as it's good? Yeah, I, I caught it. <laughs> Great. I caught it when I said it. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm going to have to turn you, turn you down. <laughs> I used to hate, um, when I my commute was set, I hated Rogan because he would do more podcasts than, than I you could had keep to drive up with. For, yeah. But now with my new job, I'm in my car so much I can keep up. And I'm like, come on, dude. Where's the next one? Really? Oh, my God. Maybe we need to, maybe once a year we'll do an off the rails, totally banana <laughs> show. How's that? So yeah, that's our that's our poll results. Um, and as you can hear, I've got Dodo number two <laughs> in the studio with me. I have been listening to what you said. Plus, uh, to catch up with what creative writing has been doing, Wiggins and I secretly have been going on rides every other weekend-ish, maybe? Yeah. A couple and, few times a month when we can. Listen, just because we don't record it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. That's right. It's like you Instagram. Try to find uh, fossil records of dinosaurs fucking. You know they did it because there's other dinosaur <laughs> bones, but is it there? Is there pictures of it? Uh-uh. But, but it happened. A dinosaur boner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe archaeologists. Can we study get dinosaurs in our head helmets? You know what? With the little video one, yeah. I recorded some of the stuff of us riding through when we went to Julian, and mm. it was the worst footage ever. I put it up to see Dude, if two people wanted to see videos, it. That's all it is. They have got the mic in their helmet with a GoPro, yeah. and they're like, "Hey guys, let me tell you about this new 
like new yeah. motorcycle. That I give I've never zero ridden. shits about that stuff. And I'm like, that's your whole show. But yeah, I want to hate on it, but at the same time, they're doing it. So. They're doing it. And I did it too. And I, I put riding with boners and I literally meant <laughs> that Wiggins and I had boners while we were riding and we were boners. I do while I'm riding. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to say is that uh, the New Year's ride I wanted to discuss because that was the, within was the fun. last 10 days. That was fun. We took Ed Subias, who was like a kid in a candy shop. I couldn't believe God, how excited good. he was to see Me too. this weird old shit that you just don't see yeah. when you're at like every chopper show and every motorcycle show. That's you, a lot of it like ed way more than me but even me like started getting bored with chopper shows and yeah. i don't know i like that and i would look i'd be excited about certain guys builds but i'd seen so many of them and mm -hmm. i don't know it was like cool another chopper show like that's but i could be done with them in like 10 minutes yeah where this stuff it's like that bike that ed was drooling over i'd never seen one before yeah the hick hick or something? Oh, the uh, Hesketh. Yeah, I just saw Iconic Motorbikes post one with the same wheels, so they must have been an option or something. Yeah. Like, they look like Comstars, but I don't think they were Comstars. It they was around the like same Comstar. time. Yeah. Could have been. And I think it was a Ducati Motor. It was an L-Twin. That's for sure. And the English back then, I mean, even, like, was it Rickman? Had a mm -hmm. Triumph with their own frame. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of companies did that. Matisse was, I mean, yeah. it was the, Rickman and Matisse was like almost the same thing for so a that little was, bit. It was like a, and actually. Um, Bomoda does it. I think, yeah, definitely Bomodi does for sure. They're still around. Um, Gary from Sideburns has one of those, whatever the H brand. Hesketh. I think that's what his is. I'd have to double check. He's got, it's like a Jigsaw 750 motor or something though. Yeah, yeah. It's rad. So it's like a Bomoda where, yeah, the Bomoda SB2 was a Suzuki 2. The yeah, they Bimota did a lot of Ducatis. D blah, blah, blah was a yeah. Ducati motor. What, uh. The now, now Kawasaki actually owns Bomoda. Who did the Hondas with the single-sided swing arm and steering? Elf? Elf did that. But Elf was a car, like Lotus. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. And Lotus as a car company, that's what they do still. Yeah. So... Yeah, so it's, it's and, cool and seeing that BMW K1 there, that was pretty cool. I haven't yeah, seen a K clean. motor since the K1300 probably, and that was a newer one. So seeing an old, pretty cherry K1 And there. I didn't know it was a sideways four inline. Yeah, all Talk of the K motors. motor. Yeah, all the Ks. Um, but they're usually left to right. Like the boxers, you mean? The no, R the Ks. They're usually on their side. If you look at a, like a K100 and the K1100 and all the ones, they usually lay, I think, to the left with the, mm -hmm. with the top to the left. But the boxers, the R motors definitely are What's opposing twins. What's the inline six? That's a K. But it's facing forward. Yeah, like a Honda. yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. I know. It's basically like a Honda freaking Accord. It's, it's like so a skinny. CBX yeah, but there you go. Nice, yeah. Um, that's something else I wanted to talk about. Wiggins has attracted more... Men, old, old men <laughs> with the CBX, but that's basically what we've been ripping since last November. That's when we went to nah. Julian. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, so, November, like, no yeah. October, November, you've just been ripping that thing around. And Speaking it's been of fun. Emma, another shout out to Miss Emma. Um, I took it to Miss Emma and she went through pretty much everything. Yeah, I mean, we didn't open the motor up, I was on a real limited budget. Um, <clears throat> but she did fork seals, masters, calipers, chain, carbs, 
made sure all the electronics worked. I don't even know what else. I mean, she told me, but I was like, does it run? Cool. I trust you. Um, I hate riding behind you because um, you're right like fifth cylinder doesn't always <laughs> catch on and when you're riding behind Wiggins you can just smell the raw the fuel side. maybe it's one yeah, yeah you that is the left side puffs it's and pops when I, yeah it's when I put it on the side stand yeah that's right so it's I don't think um, so Emma took the carbs off and cleaned them either jetted them or made sure the jets were right so if I put an exhaust on it's already richened up a little I don't think she synced them mm-hmm. and the reason is the motor sat since 93 was the last date on the license plate. Damn. So That's the fourth time years. I graduated high school was 93. Yeah. So there was no 93. point in sinking them because the cylinders were all different. And she told me straight up, she's like, I don't like the leak down test on these. Yeah. Like it could be something wrong or it could be build up around the valves. And I watched a video the other day, a guy did a, a head and he does a vacuum test, and then he puts a piece of hair in it and does a vacuum test. Holy cow. And it, it makes a big difference. Big difference. So any bit of little buildup on the valve, mm-hmm. any corrosion around the seat or the valve, and in Indiana with a valve stuck open for almost 30 years, Yo. there's definitely corrosion around yeah. several. Um, and you so, didn't, yeah, yeah, you didn't bust it open and lap the valves and all that. No, I mean, come on, no. just I mean, run it. And she even said, we thought we had a problem, but it ended up being the um, the flange on the exhaust. And she's like, well, do you want to build it like 1150? And I'm like, no. Yeah, I, no. I kind of want it stock. Yeah. If I do anything, I've got that black 750 I bought off of her. Yeah. I want to do F3 front end and rear wheel and rear master. And that's about, I mean, full suspension and wheels. That I wouldn't mind building, but the hot trick there is to buy an 1100F. I think it bolts in the same chassis, even a 900, and then you build that motor. But yeah. the CVX, I'm cool the way it is. Yeah, no, it's great. And and honestly, Dale Earnhardt, his pink Cadillac, original paint, he never painted it because he knew it was worth more with that patina on it. Wait, Earnhardt or Elvis? Dale Earnhardt. Did he, he had a pink a, one? He had a Cadillac. And I know it was he had a, a Cadillac, but... Or an, I think it might have been an Eldorado, actually. Is it... I think it was pink. Ye- was it yellow? I, think, I thought it was, it was pink. pink. I don't know. But yeah. I remember seeing something about his Cadillac. And he yeah. never painted it. He never redid it. He's like, I could restore this, but you know yeah. what? You're never going to get that patina. You're never going to get that 50 years of well, uh, deterioration back. That's, oh, that's original yeah. paint. And that's... A lot of it on this too, and I do want to do an exhaust. Supposedly the bike had a hooker header on it for a while. I'd love a black hooker or a black super trap. She said, "Yeah," because when I was a kid, my dad always had super traps on his Mm -hmm. super trap industries. If you're listening, but I've never seen any black super traps. I've only seen chrome, but I want a black one because I think that looks good on that era bike. Yeah. But there's a lot of shiny stuff on that, though. I mean, there's not a lot of black on that bike. Yeah, yeah. there is. There is. Um, especially, that's a 79, so the Comstars are silver, the motor's silver, and in 80, the motor went black with silver fins, the wheels went black with silver accents. It looked better on an 80. Yeah, and I want an 80 because my dad, again, when I was a kid, my dad had a black 80. Yeah. So that's actually my favorite paint scheme. The red is my least favorite. <laughs> 
but the thing is, is that it's original red. It's well, pretty good shape, right? It is, it is. And here's the thing too. Like even Emma asked, she's like, well, what do you want to do with the dents and scratches? And who made those dents and scratches? For the most part, it was my grandpa. So right. I left all of that. You don't want to get rid of that shit. Yeah. And I think, you know, the bike was crashed a little bit when he bought it. He didn't buy it new. The title said... It was like a week after I was born in 83. Nice. <laughs> so, um, but. Do you know I was 73 years old in 1983? <laughs> or maybe I was 93. I can't remember. But it, so a lot of the stuff on it, I want to leave because it's how it was when he had it. And I don't, and it's meant I ride it. I don't show it. Yeah. I don't wax it and take it to a show. I you don't take need it to, to show it. Man. Enough old yeah. guys come up to you when they see that thing. <laughs> no shit, dude. <laughs> I was like, damn. You When I used to go with you and I was on Spamala and you were on like whatever you were on and people were like, ah, you know. Mm-hmm. And then now now I'm like, yeah, this is dude. it. This is it. What you've been missing out yeah. on, Wigs. Every the, old man coming up and <clears throat> The RC51 gets a little old, a little younger old dudes. Yeah. So like I'm getting close to 40. So well, like the it is, mid to late 30s guys. It's going on 20, in the RCs. 20 years now. No, right? No, I'm sorry. The original's over 20. Yeah. They came so, out in 2000. Right. Or so 2001. It's, right. 2001. So it's get, it's getting yeah. to the classic stage mm-hmm. now. It is, for sure. Mine's an 05, but yeah. Um, and for my generation, we saw Nikki win on it. We saw Colin win on it. Like, that was a big imprint in our youth when we got into sport bikes. So the RC's heavy. And I remember... When everything went thousand four cylinders, I believe it was one of the Edwards kids, um, or not Edwards, uh, Roberts. Sorry, Edwards won world on it. Arguably the most exciting race of all time was an RC fifty one and a Ducati for the world championship. But I remember one of the Roberts. Uh, I don't remember if it was Kenny Junior or uh, what was the other kid, Curtis. Willie was Jr. Kenny Junior. Yeah. And uh, he was on the area in RC51, and he would hang with the leaders for, like, 90% of the race. But he had to work so hard to keep up with a 1,000 four-cylinder. He'd spank the tires. Yeah. But Honda didn't have a bike. Right. Everyone else had 750s and 1,000s. Like, the ZX-10 was out. The Jigsaw 1,000, which is what was winning with Matt Maladin, was out. Those bikes were produced... It just wasn't the race class. The 750 was the race class, and the RC51, even though it's a thousand, it's a V twin, so it was in the yeah. 750 class. Yeah, yeah. Honda had a 954. Yeah. So <laughs> they're like, wait a minute, this isn't really even that good of a race bike. It's not a thousand, and so they just raced the RCs and wore the tires out. Yeah. Yeah, I, and it's funny how race classes work, but yeah, fair fair play. Yeah. If you want to see a really cherry. Um, uh, CBX in the movies. I suggest you watch Knight Riders. The leader of Na- the, the Knights uh, rode a CBX. Yeah. What was the one a few years ago? I think Ben Affleck was in it. It was about the uh, Americans in um, Iran or something. Argo. Was it called Argo? That sounds right. Yeah. They had a CBX in that. There was a scene. I don't remember if it was like a protest or what, but like all these bikes were lined up. And there was a CBX, and I'm like, it's either inaccurate because no one had a CBX over there. Yeah, right. Or, or some rich Saudi prince. Well, had or, an, yeah, or that. <laughs> like, you think in the Middle East, like, yeah. there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of people with money that yeah. 
You so. know, Canada, thanks for helping us out with that, by the way. And Jimmy Carter, even though you really didn't do much else, thanks for getting our, <laughs> getting our people out of Iran. You know what Jimmy Carter didn't do? A lot of stuff. jobs to China. Well, like Richard like, Nixon started that. Jimmy Carter, yeah, Jimmy Carter didn't, didn't follow up with it. And uh, everyone's hero did a lot more of it, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's for our that's for our uh, three hour behind the scenes <laughs> podcast. Um, Don't even start on that. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely so, opinions, but still. Yeah. So hey, we we have been up to stuff, and we have been. Um, I've been intermittently, I must admit, not wholeheartedly, but with it, that's for another show. We've got a, a new format. Creative writing's got a little bit of a new format in 2022. We're gonna d- dedicate each episode to a different topic. We're going to have a racing and news episodes. Then we're going to have historical episodes. Then we're going to have technology episodes. And then we're going to have an episode strictly focused to projects, fabrication, and just being creative. So tonight's episode, the whole reason you're here, Wiggs, is we're talking about racing tonight. And, um, yeah, but I don't really race anymore, so... No, well, listen, I have it down here on good authority that you did. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some industry news and some racing. We're going to cut it a little short because we've already been blabbing for half an hour, uh, believe it or happens. not. It happens very easy. That's why you kick me off. We talk too much. Pretty much. Uh, you know, when we used to do our two-hour shows, you know how many four-hour shows I edited down a few hours? <laughs> <laughs> that's just how it goes. You'll too come much over, work for you. You'll come over to drop off for like, oh, I was going to ask you to bring my rivet gun but i was like he's on a bike oh, but yeah. um i needed i did need it for something and i i only have my huge mamma jamma down here um oh damn so that's a uh, rivet gun yeah that's why i was asking if that's you need a, bigger little rivets because yeah, a fucking airplane thing. I, that's what i was at, that's why i didn't wanted to know how big rivets oh, yeah. you needed yeah. <laughs> so you needed the little ones but yeah w- w- when i go over to drop drop that rivet gun off when you were prepping your bike for um laguna seca sonoma I, or I'm sorry, yeah, yeah for yeah. Sonoma. Yeah. I was supposed to be there for what? I should have just came over, dropped it off, came back. An hour and a half later, my wife's like, yeah, I, I knew you were going to drop out the river gun. <laughs> so, <laughs> so long my story short. Tonight, I'm like, Junkie. he needs me for 10 minutes. So it'll be a couple hours at least. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, right. And and we'll try to get you out of here at a reasonable time. It's almost it's almost nine, so yeah. we'll, we'll hurry. So the industry news, we're going to cut a little bit short since we've been catching up here. Um, Excuse me. You got a burp there. We're, me and me and Wiggs are drinking beer, and uh, the last time we did that, God, I don't remember the rest of the night. I yeah. woke up in my PJs though, so you treated me right. I, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> run out. I only got three. <laughs> right. There's no bar and pizza. To keep going. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a big. Your Spanish is horrible, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know where you're. Well, talking everyone about. calls it LP. El Prieto. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, El Prieto. But um. When you say LP, to me, that's L, the letter, yeah. P, but it's, it's nice. actually E-L. If your name is Lance Perry and you're a patron of Creative Writing, there's a trailer yeah. named after you. I know, Lance. He's a good dude. <laughs> yeah. But um, Tour de France, people sneak that shit in and then get arrested <laughs> they after they fucking- They used to have somewhat weird electric spline or- uh, In the seat or tube. Or worm drive motor in yeah. the seat tube. Yeah. Yeah. And people I mean, got caught for that. They x-ray bikes racing. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's racing and, and racing at that level, they're going to cheat. People they're used to take, drink horse cum to Get all the extra testosterone out. Probably did. Yeah. And uh, the blood, all blood doping is, is they go to high altitude and they work out and they get a lot of oxygen in their blood. They take their blood out, like donating blood. And then when they go race the tour, they're like, here's an extra pint of your own blood. So we can't fucking test it. 
That's what blood doping is. Wow, that's sick, that's actually. That's so smart. They did that. It's not a real drug. It's your blood. How do you think I've been living so long? How do you think I'm 137 years <laughs> old? Oh, I thought that was old? adrenochrome. No, baby, it's, baby it's a little blood. bit of both. You mother, you're not even fucking sweating. Like, fuck you. <laughs> oh, I was cool. like, I should probably get one. Somebody told me you just for bears, bears know where to shit. attack. <laughs> I think it's what it's, well, it's, it's multifold. Like when you're going the opposite direction of someone on a mountain bike trail, uh, you can't can always see them. Loud bells save lives. Yeah, so it's that. And yeah. I think it also helps keep bears and shit away. I think it tells or them it right where you are. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you're going to get eaten. We're going to take a quick break. If you're a dealer that's looking into sell, selling uh, more e-bikes this year and chugging horse cum and doing adrenochrome, uh, email creativewritingpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, we'll be right back. This show is not going to be an hour long, by the way. It'll be a, an extended version, but we'll try to wrap it up quick. But yeah, we'll be right back with more creative writing. Have we even got the 10 minutes you were at talking? Looking for a high-quality leather that doesn't cost an arm and a leg? Well, not yours anyway. Try Criders, made in the USA from 100% renewable resources. We don't use fancy hide like kangaroo or elk, nor do we use other imported hides like jaguar or okapi. Those animals are scarce and protected. We extrapolate our hides from a unique source of marsupial. Not a wallaby, though, if that's what you were thinking. Criders leathers are made from the United States' most renewable resource. The common opossum. The common opossum is so common, in fact, that thousands of hides go to waste each year on American roadways. We don't believe in letting these valuable garment farms end up in the city dump, especially with a looming leather shortage on the horizon. Criders is dedicated to rider safety, and a low overhead is our number one priority. Visit Criders today, and we'll fit you up in new skin. Possum skin. Criders, the cheapest leather you'll wear. Visit Criders now. We're located down by the stream behind the old recycling factory. Criders Leathers. <laughs> but so that's kind of the nutshell of the King of the Baggers. But spawn from that, some of these racers and some of these teams and some of these bike people, like so King of the Baggers, it's it's, it's a, a lot three of pro race riders. exhibition race for Motor America. But it might change for 2022. I don't know. Okay. All you Harley nut suckers. Um Torque, torque's great, but behind the motor. So if you guys don't understand how motors work, there's these little round things that bounce up and down, connected to these little wishbone things, and it connects and it spins a different little round lobey thing. Behind that little, well, and then it's connected by this little fibrous disc brake thingy. Behind or attached to that fucking little brake thingy is a bunch of gears, and what those gears do is they turn little ponies into go fastest. So torque is great, but if I put a Harley transmission behind a CBR 600, you're right. It ain't going to do shit. If I put the vice versa, it ain't going to do shit. But luckily, those little gear thingies are matched up to those four or two little round thingies that bounce up and down a bunch. 
So are we tor- talking about motorcycles? I'm is, getting fucking horny is over good. here. <laughs> <laughs> That's like little pinky thingies. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, a 600 sport bike makes over 100 horse of the ground, and luckily the gear ratio and the transmission it's translates to, to yeah. go fast as yeah. fuck. Yeah. And a Harley might make, quote, a lot of torque, bro. But listen, as my cousin Tiger said, torque ain't good for nothing but pulling a plow. That's true. And he was a farmer. He would know. He, he is a farmer. He is a farmer <laughs> and still. And he does know. And he does know. And he rides Harleys and KTMs. And, and he, he farms with bikes. 100%. But, but so, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I road race a Buell that we're eventually going to get to. And I have an RC51 track bike. And I've had a lot of four-cylinder bikes. 20 like, minutes later. <laughs> and I have a fucking little six-cylinder that spins yeah, yeah, real yeah. fast. Like... So how did you get into this bagger racing league? And how yeah, did you take third? Skip a hold of that. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I think it goes back to our question. This this tangent started with you getting in because you're not a pro road racer. So the bagger racing league separated, and they said we want four classes: bagger GP for the bagger GP bikes and mostly pro riders, pro stock bagger class for idiot riders on baggers, and then they do a big twins class. Soft tails, Dinas. Uh, I think that's all they're allowed. They, at one of the races, they let an Indian run, but I don't know that they didn't show up to Sonoma, and I don't know if that's going to continue. Um, and for the lightweight slash hooligans twin class, they said it could only be Sportsters XR 1200s, which is a Sportster base, and a Buell XB, which is a Sportster base. Um, they also added for the second round what they call the FS Cup. The FS Cup is the FTR 1200, the Pan America, and the new water-cooled Revolution Sportsters. Again, I think in either the lightweight or the FS Cup, the XG should be able to run. Yeah. Because here was my thing. The guy that told me, well, they don't make enough power. His, It's Robbie Alior. Got a lot of respect for him. This is nothing against him. But he was like, well, they don't make enough power to keep up. And to a point, he's right. But... And, and the FS Cup has a lot of pro riders, but they also had an amateur and they, they threw them in with the lightweight twins. But the an XG750 street rod, this little second gen they did, had 17-inch wheels from the factory, had dual disc from the factory, had inverted motor. forks, but... Huh? And it was a little, tuned a little bit different if I remember correctly. A little bit, yeah, 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 yeah. So it made 47 horse instead of 44. They don't make a lot of power, but I've ridden one at Chukwala. It's not stock, but the motor stock had an exhaust. Ours had different wheels, but they're still 17 inch wheels. Um, they ride really well. They're really comfortable to ride. They're really smooth. And my point was that guy could get on his GP bagger bike and me on the Speed Merchant XG. And I'd put a hundred dollar bill that to me is a lot of money that I would smoke him around Chuck Walla. And at the vice versa, I could get on his bagger GP bike and his pro rider, Jake Johnson, could get on that XG and smoke me around Chuckwalla. At the amateur level of road racing, it doesn't matter how much power you make. There's so much else that goes into it. Yeah. But, and I don't care if the XG750 gets put in with the Sportsters. I'd be cool with that. I'd run against them because if it's a pro rider, he's probably going to be faster on an XG. But if it's another amateur dude, fuck it. I want more people on the grid. Like that's yeah. the ultimate goal. But anyway, so I went, I, I really wanted to race trusty rusty 
And if, you know, some Patreons want to gather up about five or six grand, I'll make that happen. But I need some wheels. I already bought brakes. I got tires and I need it tuned right. And I could go do it. Maybe rear shocks. <laughs> yeah. And some clip-ons because those moto bars are cool, but they ain't that cool. If anyone out there listening want to up their Patreon subscription from five <laughs> to $5,000, <laughs> email the creative writing podcast at gmail. If you got that much, just buy me a, a wrecked bagger and then send that five grand yeah. and, and we'll go bagger uh pro-am or whatever it is, bagger or racing. Yeah. I did stock. see Tony Salima out there on, on a... Uh, he was the Pan Bagger GP. Didn't look oh, like a yeah, Pan America. He rode the Pan America. Yeah, it did not look like a Pan America. So what's funny about that bike, it was borrowed, got set up for the race, barely, raced, and then got put back to stock and went back to the dealer. Yeah. How uh, funny. Oh, shit. So Tony, it took him a while to get used to it. So I rode with him a few laps during that. And he, the bike, did, it looked, the suspension was way too soft. It was like bouncing got you, along. Got you, got you. But that was the FS Cup. But, um... So I, I want to race Trusty Rusty, but if I'm going to spend the money to go to an event and I have a fucking Buell XB12, I'm not going to race Trusty Rusty. I track date it when we did uh, in January, we did a track date at Chuckwalla to announce all this stuff. And I, I went out and I did some laps on it. I put two front tires, two Michelin Scorcher <laughs> right. 19 fronts. I left the 19s on it and the bike did really well. And I, I was faster than almost everyone at that track day in on the Sportster class. Um, but, and still, I was probably trying to think of how many pros were there that day. I was probably still, there were probably 60 people on the track and I was faster than all but 10 of them, we'll say. Was it hard to turn in with the, just, with the wheels just being that no, much bigger? Really? it wasn't that bad because no. <sighs> the, you just don't ride to the level of the 17s yeah, 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 and yeah, quick, yeah, you know? Yeah. And it was front and rear were both 19s. So if I went both 17s, it would have lowered down almost the same. Although yeah. the rear 17 is a little taller because it's a bigger tire. Got you, got you. And as you lean in, the bike tilts because the rear is so much wider on 17s gotcha, where my gotcha. 19s were the same. Yeah. I took it back a second time and I, I could feel the tires not feeling great. But um, honestly, it, it, it for for literally taking my flat tracker, putting brakes on it and, and putting two front tires on yeah, it, yeah. it did amazing. And uh, it, I mean, and even at Sonoma... I probably could have podium if I tune the mo the motor's pinging, so well, I got to adjust podium. the timing. Huh? You did podium. I probably could have still podiumed on trusty rest. Oh, you're saying on trusty? Yeah, but my Buell, other than the motor, it's a purebred fucking sports bike. Yeah, it it's got good brakes, good suspension. Honestly, the motor too compared to a Sportster, there was. There was some XR 1200s that had a lot of money, but there's a lot of stock XR 1200s. And I, the Buell, I think, will smoke an XR 1200. I, it'd be interesting to see dyno numbers from an XB12 and an XR 1200. Yeah. Um, it fucking rips, dude. It's a fast bike. And the thing is, on a track, like, I would put money down that laps around Chuck Walla on my Sportster with 19s, my Buell, Brownie, Speed Merchants, XG750, and my RC51. I bet, especially on my Buell, I'm quicker around Chuck Walla than I am my RC51 time wise. Wow. Crazy. Because my RC51 is so fast and so powerful, it's scary. Got you. Where the Buell is, but not as bad. Yeah. And like the XG, same thing. It makes a lot less horsepower, but I bet I'm real close to lap time on it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's not scary to ride. Yeah. Where my RC51, like, 
Confidence. X, confidence has. It's big very confidence. Yeah, like the Buell and the X XG. Like you're you're looking at the corner at the end of the straightaway, and the bike kind of runs out of horsepower. Or my RC51, like that straightaway could be two miles longer, and it's still going to be pulling hard. Yeah. So that's a big deal when you're coming up to a corner and the speedometer is just like going 110, 120, 30. <laughs> and you're like, Hey, I got a 30. Yeah. Racing. Like it, it's, <laughs> it's not really confidence expiring. It's, yeah. it's kind of the opposite. It's inspiring. confidence expiring. Yeah. So, but yeah, so we went up to Sonoma. I got the X, XB Buell ready. I put, uh, I took the stock headlight mount. I cut off the bottom a little bit and I made a little bracket and I mounted an oil cooler to the front where the headlight goes. Um, ran the cool little like Buell fairing. Uh, I had to get, shout out to Glendale and Santa Clarita Harley and uh, Ernie Snare that used to race Buells up there. He's a salesman there now, but so he had a spare belly pan, an old belly pan I was able to mount on it. Because you need a belly pan that holds oil, which yeah. on a Buell's weird because the exhaust is there. Yeah, yeah. And the guy was even like, this thing's cut out on the back. And I'm like, because it's angled, like you're, it's still going to hold as much oil as all these other ones. Yeah. But um, so I got a belly pan mounted, which was also hard to mount. because That was interesting to see how you were going to yeah, mount I showed that. you like the bracket, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm a horrible fabricator. We spent but, a um, few minutes looking at it together and all I could think of oh, was. we did. That's right. How do we do this? Did I show you when it was done? Yeah, yeah I saw I, it. I, it. I did some horrible fabrication. Good. But it, you know what? It goes on and off. Uh, it looks like a weird little claw thing under the bike. And I don't have a kickstand right now. But um, so I was able to mount the belly pan. I got the bike running. I had some issues with it. Ended up being fuel line in the fucking frame because the frame is the gas tank. And I put early in the year. I just bought good rubber hose, which was probably brake line, <laughs> and it lasted fine. And some and it lasted in a while later. And I was able to get it going. And then it took a shit. And um, I bought some fuel injection line, and it lasted two days. Luckily, it quit soon enough that I was able to order gates in gas tank fuel line that cost. The first one I ordered to get it quick was from an auto parts store. I ordered a backup on Amazon. The auto parts store was $30 a foot. Amazon was $15. So my backup was $15 a foot. I thought it would be cool and I'd cut it in half. It needed more. When I bent it, so it goes up and it does a 180 and oh, it kind of yeah. pinched. So I took the spare and I thought I was going to have to, I was like, hey, at the straightaway, I'm going to have to drain the tank. The pump must make enough pressure and have enough flow that the injectors can't squirt it fast enough. Yeah, so yeah, it wasn't yeah. a problem. But um, yeah, I had to, I was like, I literally went, I found a different auto parts store that's not a fucking O'Reilly's or AutoZone or whatever. And I'm like, this is my problem. And the guy's like looking and he's like, oh, look, I found this. He's like, oh, you know, nothing's meant to be submersible. So basically fuel lines like a rubber hose It'll with cloth around it yeah. and then rubber around it. It'll swell or something. Well, the outside rubber won't hold up to gasoline. Yeah. So I found this Gates. The guy was like, it's Gates. And I'm like, well, they make everything fucking rubber. So yeah. So ordered it. It was at another one of their shops. It was there the next day. So it was submersible fuel line, which is also weird because like every, not every, most fuel injected motorcycles, my RC51 has a very similar pump inside the tank. Yeah. With the fuel line, it runs out of the pump through the filter and then through the bottom of the Yeah, fucking. I was going to say there's always some little loop or something that's always. Yeah, well, cars don't do that. I also learned. Yeah, that's dra true. They drag just, their gravity fed to the 
probably to the bottom. I mean, I can't even think of like how. Well, I mean, this is gravity fed to the bottom, but then the pump for fuel injection to pressurize the whole system is inside the tank. Yeah. Cars must be slightly external External, or something. Um, what? Oh, I learned later that Drag Specialties makes a piece of fuel line for that. They do something because they're a bag, uh, a motorcycle company. But a lot of the Harleys are external. So there's a lot of, I don't know. But I found a fuel line that fixed a lot of problems. It would like start up and die. And I was like, that's weird. Right. And I, I, could, remember you, I, I remember you talking about that for yeah, like yeah. a Yeah, yeah. I pulled the air cleaner off and I pulled, I have an extra injector and I plugged all that in and I could see it squirt, but it wasn't squirting enough. But you want to talk about mind fuck. Like, it's like, and I've seen this happen. Like, a spark plug will spark out of a cylinder. And when you put it in with compression, it won't spark or it won't spark Weird. enough or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's all it was doing. The angle so is I, the angle. I mean, talk about fucking with my head. Like, oh, it's squirting fuel. It wasn't squirting enough. Didn't have yeah. enough pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird. <laughs> but yeah. So or got, like when it was plugged up or something, there's a vacuum issue where it's like mm-hmm. something. It's just yeah. not. Yeah. Like now there's, now there's like no air. It's not in a free environment. There's something yeah. there that's making it something happen. Yeah. Um, so I got all that figured out, got the bike safety wired enough, got the belly pan on and drove up to Sonoma and raced. And I did. Uh, so Friday I had to get my race license. Saturday was the race. This is the juicy part I wanted to hear about. So you did oh. have to go get a race license. I did. I did. I still yeah. haven't got a copy of it. But okay. I, I mean, and I had, so like part of the, after half the day Friday, um, I clutch quit. And what happened... Is and it AMA uh, sanctioned too? So you had to get an AMA membership or was it just you it had to get... It wasn't. Okay. But I have an AMA membership from Speedway and Flat Track. Right. I just didn't know if you, if you had to get a, a AMA membership in order to get your license or something weird. No, I just... So we would go out with a control rider. We were supposed to take a test and do a mock race. And uh, about halfway through the day, my clutch quit working. So I laid the bike over like a fucking dead dog and I pulled the side cover off so I didn't have to drain the oil. That's why you lay it over. Then all the oil runs to one side. Pulled the side cover off and on Sportsters and extra 1200s and Buells, there's a tab inside the primary cover and a lot of Harleys. But it there's a clutch actuator and it sits on that tab. So when you squeeze the clutch cable, it pulls the clutch apart and all the forces on that tab. Something happened on mine somewhere down the road. And it was like, it was rubbing in the clutch and it had like partially broken off. So I thought it was fucked. I couldn't work my clutch anymore. And I was like, whatever, dude, I'll sit on the line next to the bike at the back of the pack. And when the green drops, push it. I'll push it, yeah. click it in first and <laughs> run without a clutch. Yeah. Luckily, um, so Bronny at Speed Merchant used to work for a guy named Todd Silicato. Todd was actually there from Hawaii. He was visiting his dad in Northern California and Alloy Art was like, dude, come to the race. And then this guy that used to work for him and work with, with Bronny at Speed Merchant, his name's Dennis. He's super, super talented aluminum welder. He lives in San Jose. So Bronny's like, hey, dude, my buddy Dennis is here. And I'm like, oh, I know Dennis. And he goes, fucking see how far San Jose is and he can weld it up. <laughs> San Jose is like two hours from Sonoma. Yeah, I know. That's pretty far. Dennis goes, oh, dude, I drove my van with a welder and a generator. He had to have a 220 generator for his TIG welders, but he brought a fucking TIG welder. I wasn't the only guy ended up welding up for that day. But so we found some pieces in the cases. We laid them where they went. He welded those up and then he welded up a little more. 
There was an air compressor next to our station because uh, Bridgestone was working with Saddleman. So I stole the air compressor and then someone had a little 90 degree die grinder with little fucking disc. And I went in, I did the one side all flat, got my little actuator where I was happy with it. And then uh, Brownie's like, put it together with no gasket. And he's like, just kick it over. So I was able to... um, just what I do. I think I put a wrench on the clutch and I could move it. Yeah. And I could move it back and forth and see if it hit. So I'd see the mark and I'd take the die grinder and fucking whittle it away and then do it again. So after like five or 10 times, like, you know, with a couple of bolts in it and seeing, I finally got to where it would clear and fix my clutch problem. But I went to the guy doing the race class and he was like, oh, you're going to miss the mock race. And he goes, I've seen you ride. I'll still give you your license. He's like, what do you? And I'm like, dude, I can't go do the fucking race. I don't have a clutch. So he's like, all right. He's like, you know, I went out. I, I had talked to him and I had had him follow me a little bit. So he was like, you know, you'll be fine. I'll give you your license. And he, but he fucked with me in the early in the day. He goes, just don't crash or I can't give you a race license. And I was like, a way to get in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I guess what I'm going to do now Dude. when I go out there. So I just rode like a bitch. So um, no offense to the bitches out there. If you're a bitch, uh, email creativewritingpodcast.gmail.com. I want to, yeah, so I I just fucking rode like shit all day. And I was doing about a 220 lap, maybe 219. And I was looking at everyone else's and uh, excluding the retired pro XR 1200 racer in first, um, it was like 206s, 207, something like that. And I I remember going back to the house that night. So what were his with his sub two then? Oh yeah, he was running like 157. Oh dang! Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. no, he <laughs> wow. he fucking he's a lap ahead of everyone. Yeah. So I don't, and that's another issue. I don't know what BRL is going to do for next year with that. There was one guy that literally won the lightweight twins, the pro stock bagger, and the big twins class all by fucking stupid amounts of time, and then he hopped in the bagger GQ, GP class and got like fifth. It's also funny. It's a guy that I've raced hooligan with because he was like, "Oh wait, I can get all my old sponsors to give me a bike and take me racing again." But that's another story for another rant for yeah. another day. Does his name rhyme with Harley Davidson? Sort of. I guess yeah. loosely, there, maybe. There, there, yeah, there's no way to. It's very specific if we were to say his name. So, anyways, so you went up there, you got and your race license there. Yeah, so I didn't crash. I got my race license. He didn't crash. Yeah. You so got it third. So Brawny that night, I remember telling Brawny, I was like, dude, I got to drop ten seconds, ten fucking seconds. To even be competitive. And he didn't let you eat. (laughs) (laughs) So the next morning, so it was cool though. On Friday, I I went over, so Bridgestone was next to us. They were working with the team next to us. And I went over to the guy at Bridgestone and I was like, hey, are you guys selling tires? And he's like, no, you know, we didn't bring any to sell. And I'm like, all right. And he's like, well, what do you, what do you mean? And I was like, look, I knew, you mean? I knew I give you some money. You give me a tire. That's usually what selling <laughs> means. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I knew uh, CT Racing's one of the distributors or whatever. I go, I knew they were going to be here with tires. And so I just, and I was like, so I didn't buy new tires, but I'm going to need some for tomorrow. I was like, I can get by on these. They're not bad. And he's like, what do you have? And I told him Bridgestone something 11s. And uh, so I'm talking to him and he's like asking questions. And I'm like, look, like I go, I run Bridgestones on everything. I go, I bought them 
12 years ago for an RC51 and I've liked them. I said I bought the B016s. I had it as another set later. And I was like, now my, my, my street bike RC has the new S20s or whatever. I go, those are the new version of the B016s basically. And I go, these have the more, a little bit better, trackier version. I go, my, my other RC51 has these same whatever 11s. I go, dude, even my CBX, I just put the BT45s on it. And I go, I know you guys have the BT46s, but that's what my mechanic got was the 45s. And I was like, I just liked them. And she goes, what tires do you want? And I was like, I want these Bridgestones. They're meant for this bike. Like, and uh, he was like, man, you actually like know our models. And I was like, well, I've, I do my research and I've had to look at what I want. And I was like, you know, so I kind of, I'm like, you know, your R's and your RS's and your S's all throw me off. And I'm like, it's not like you went B016, B017, B018. Like you fucking changed it to an S and it's a 22 <laughs> right. and then a 20. And, but, um, so he the comes formula. over like 10 minutes later and he's like, Hey, I have some R11s. He's like, so yours are the highest end street tire that don't need warmers. He's like, the R11s are the DOT race tire and you need warmers. But I have a set, they should fit. They're a 190 if that's cool because I had a 180 on it. And he goes, why do you have a 180? And I go, because it's like 40 bucks cheaper. <laughs> so he's like, okay. And um, so he goes, you know, I'll bring those out. He goes, but you need warmers. He goes, but I have some warmers you can borrow tomorrow. You just need power. Nice. And was, uh, luckily, Speed Merchant had bought a garage space that we all squeezed into. So uh, I had power. So yeah. Bridgestone, strippers. shout out to Bridgestone. They were super rad. And he, he told me later, he's like, look, people come over all the time and say, I run Bridgestones. I have the Sport Max, whatever. And nobody Sport knows Max the, is a uh, Dunlop right, tire, yeah. right? And he's like, you knew our models for the last 10 years. And I was like, well, I, I really do run them on everything. And um, he was like, yeah, he's like, I could tell. And you were being honest about it. And he's like, I wanted to support that. So that's awesome. So he hooked me up with a set of tires, hooked me up with some warmers to borrow. So I we went back to the house. So Bronny figured out a while ago when we were racing, it's cheaper to do an Airbnb house than it is to get people hotel rooms. Yeah. So we're all sitting around at the house and... I'm kind of bummed, you know, I was like, fuck, I really thought I could keep up with these faster guys, you know, but I, I got to drop 15 seconds. He snuck you to the track that night. <laughs> so, uh, I said, I got to drop 10 seconds. So in the morning, so Friday I had that, like, don't crash. Can't give you your license bullshit hanging over my head. So Saturday morning, I had none of that. I mean, if I would have crashed, I don't know if I could have made the race, but you know, I knew I needed to drop time. So Saturday morning, it was freezing cold outside it had to be 50 degrees if that the track was cold as hell my tires were warm because they were in warmers i literally kept flipping my visor up because i couldn't see out of my oh, helmet shit, yeah the rest of the day i have a little head sock from icon but it's a pain in the ass to get to stay over your nose i i wore that to help help but it also had warmed up but um yeah i kept flipping my visor up i couldn't see but i remember going out and doing a lap and then going, all right, fucker, your tires are warm. Stop being a bitch. Like, fucking put your knee down. Like, just fucking ride like you know how to ride. And it was still scary. There's a lot of elevation change at Sonoma. Yeah. Um, there's a big turn called the Carousel. And if anyone's played Forza or watched Sonoma, it's this big downhill left-hand sweeper. But going into the Carousel, there's this uphill. And in my mind, I could have held the throttle on all the way up over the hill and then hit the brakes a little and hit the Carousel. But everyone in my class, except the guy that won it, would chop the throttle. Yeah. Because you lose the side of the track with your vision. Yeah. And you're doing, I was in 
fourth pretty good there. So I don't know, 110 yeah. and maybe more. It's just scary. You yeah. can't fucking see, but you know there's a corner. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Road America has a corner like that that they oh, call Road Magic America Mountain. Is even worse. Because you know there's a turn there, but if you don't start turning it, there's a, you know, so you you, you can see people disappearing and turning and you and you just have to turn and trust that yeah, you're going to be on the track. after the big, uh, not the front stretch, but you do the two rights and then kind of the downhill left, which I guess would be turn three-ish. And then it's that little uphill under, I think there's a big Dunlop sign. Yeah, 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 something like that. And yeah, yeah you can't see, you'd have to trust it that you're going to yeah. make the turn and aim for the spot where you know there's the and, track. And part of the reason I don't ride dirt bikes is I don't like doing jumps that I can't see, see the landing yeah, the other either. side of I when I, oh, just go over this and like, wait, but there's, oh what? yeah, there's a landing there, but I'm like, when I can't see it, it fucks with my head. How fast do I go? And that wasn't, I mean, even turn, uh, turn one at the end of the straightaway, like I was in fourth there too. I only hit fifth on the little backstretch. And, uh, so you'd like come in and you'd kind of blip the throttle in the straightaway and lean in. If I had the balls, I probably could have held it open because the Buell doesn't make that much power. Then you go up the hill, same thing, chop the throttle real early because I was scared. <laughs> but anyway, so I go out in the morning session and I was like, all right, fucker, you got 10 seconds to drop. Like you got to get your shit together. So I went out and I remember feeling good and I came in and I told Brownie, I go, you know that 10 seconds? He's like, yeah. And I go, I think I got it. Pulled out my phone. I dropped six. I was like, shit. So next up was qualifying. And I uh, went out and qualifying. I kind of left towards the front because I knew I was faster than most of the guys. And I got behind this guy, Greg, who I'd ridden with at Chuck Walla. And I knew he was quick. And he had podiumed at the Utah race. Mm. And he had gotten faster. He had gotten 17 since then. He'd been doing a lot more track days since then. I had done none since then. But I got behind him. And uh, I wanted to see how fast he was going. And I did the same thing I did in practice. I go, fuck it, dude, you got more time to drop. Stop being a bitch. Hang with this guy. So I hung with him. His bike was faster on the straightaways. He's got a well-built Sportster. Uh, he's got a lot of money into the motor, and I have a bone stock Buell. So he could pull me on the straightaways. He's one of the few bikes that could pull me on the straightaways. And I thought, okay, I can outbreak him. And then we went down the little back stretch into this tight double apex at Sonoma, and I watched him back his Sportster into the corner. And I go, all right, well, you're not going to outbreak him. <laughs> I mean, I could, but it would have been sketchy. Yeah. So we came in from qualifying. The leader did a 158 or something. He did a 204 and I did a 205. And then fourth place did like a 210. So I dropped another, I think, nine seconds over practice. Wow. So I thought I got it in practice, but I only got six. And then I got another eight or nine. So Greg came down and we talked a little bit. I'm like, hey, dude, look. I'm faster than you in spots and you're faster than me in spots. My bike, which admittedly is a cheater bike for that class, it's the best fucking bike out there. It's hands down better than an XR1200, no doubt in my mind. And so I said, look, dude, I know the bike will outbreak your bike. I said, but I don't ride the track as much as you do. I don't think I can outbreak you. I know I can't get you on the straightaways. Like, I think I can hang with you. And uh, I'm like, if you make a mistake, I'll capitalize. I go, I go, but don't. I go, going into a tight corner, I'm not going to blow up your fucking inside and, and run us both wide to try to fucking take one spot. I go, I'd rather us both just be on the podium. And his, his thing was kind of the same, which he had the advantage of, A, he was the one in second, I was the one in third. So easy for him to say. If yeah. I would have passed him, maybe it would have changed. Yeah. So I went out for the main. 
uh, fully being okay with third. I was like, I'm stoked. If I fucking walk out of this place third, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. So I was able to put pressure on him and have him make some mistakes. I could hang with him, um, but about the third or fourth lap, I started getting a little bit of brake fade, which after the race, I noticed I had a little weaky, leapy, wow. A, lo- leaky, a, lo- leaky, a little weepy, <laughs> leaky fork seal. I totally blew it out. I, I My fucking trailer was all oily oh, driving shit. home and shit. Oh, yeah, shit. I, I totally blew fork seals out. Um, and then, so I was getting brake fade, front brake fade. I don't know if, I'm going to put a different master on it. It's going to help. Um, I also, it may have been there was oil on the rotor, so I was having to, you know, the caliper is doing a lot more work. But, and I don't know whether my master is the right size for my caliper because my bike was basically a box of parts when I got it. Right. And then I started getting clutch slip too. Oh, shoot. So, I mean, and that's all just stuff that's going to naturally happen heating and heat cycling your stuff through a race. Nothing for the street is meant to be on the track. Nope. Buell can say, Eric can say all he wanted that bike was designed for the track. It was, but the parts weren't. Yeah. I mean, you buy a brand new CBR 1000, you take it to the track like it is, you're going to have weak spots. Mm -hmm. And not that I'm like an amazing, crazy rider, but I was riding a fucking Harley at the track. So those weak things came through. And a lot of it, when I used to do super, I raced supermoto for honestly probably about a summer and that was it. But I rode supermoto a little bit and raced a a little bit. And I remember I got to the point where I was getting wheel hop. And what wheel hop is when you downshift for the corner and the rear tire's trying to slide, it won't really slide, it hops. So when people slide it, they most of them have what's called a slipper clutch. So the rear wheel can still turn a little bit, not at the same as the motor. So I remember going, I worked for Olin Sands at the time, and I remember going in, there was a guy that raced supermoto and was pretty fast. And I was like, fuck, dude, I think I got to buy a slipper clutch. And he's like, why? And I'm like, well, I'm getting wheel hop real bad. Like, I'm I'm getting fast enough for the supermoto track that I'm getting wheel hop. And he goes, you don't need a slipper clutch. He goes, you downshift with the clutch. And I always learned on a dirt bike and in my little race car that had a dirt bike motor and stuff, like, you don't need the clutch to shift. On the street, it's a good habit, but you don't need it. Um, the, the gearboxes work fine. So what I learned how to do was upshift without the clutch. So blip the throttle and upshift and I downshift with the clutch and I don't just let the lever back out. I go about halfway and I let it kind of slip. It's never been a problem on a supermoto. I tried to do it on my RC 51 and I was doing it pretty good on the Buell, but, uh, I also don't know how many miles are on that clutch. I don't know how many miles are on the bike. I don't know any of that shit. <laughs> it's a mystery. So it, about halfway through and riding it, it never bothered me the beginning of the weekend, but that point it started to slip. So I quit using the clutch to shift at all. Cause I know that once it was engaged well, it was fine. Yeah. So, and I, I look back and I had, I don't, I'd have to look at the race results, but I didn't have anyone on my ass. So I just backed off. So I yeah, let, you guys are pretty, the First front guy was pretty far ahead. Yeah, you yeah. guys were together, and then the next group, it, it seemed to like click yeah. up to so like. I yeah. had plenty of room, so I just backed off and cruised in the last couple laps to a third. Mm-hmm. I even like down to the checkered, I did a, like a nice wheelie down the front stretch and shit. I just didn't to, like, catch it, I don't think. <laughs> I don't, it didn't get on camera. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it was super fun. It makes me want to do it a lot more, but the Buell now needs the forks rebuilt, the rear shocks weeping. <laughs> I think I got a set of forks for it. Um, 
the guy Ernie that gave me a uh, belly pan, he's got a he. I mean, he told me too, and then he gave me a better price. But um, he told me five grand, and he's got an XG XB nine that's been bored out to oh, a thousand or something. But it's like race ready. Yeah. It's got chain. So belts or uh, Buells were belt drive. It's got a chain drive swing arm. So my Buell, I cannot adjust the rear wheel. It's belt. It's set. Tension's good. He's got a chain drive, so you can change gearing. You can adjust the rear wheel. He's got wheels that are a little bit different to match. Um, he's got all the vents for the front brakes. He's got Brembo Masters. He's got Olin's in the front forks. He's got an Olin's rear shock. He's got carbon fiber bodywork. And my Buell has moto bars. His has the clip-ons. They did the lightning and the, yeah. and the firebolt. Yeah. Um, I think mine's the lightning with the bars. The firebolt had the clip-ons. His is a pure, not pure, but it's a Buell full-on, came right off the track race bike. And five grand is really fucking nice for all that. But I have enough headache bikes. <laughs> yeah, you do have a lot of bikes. And well, and they're all they're all bastard childs. I don't have anything that's like I can just walk in and buy parts for. Yeah. Maybe my RC fifty one still, but the our local Honda dealer closed down. Yeah. The one and in, even, uh, Temple City. And even that's getting even like I noticed that things for mm-hmm. Any more things for like 15 years are getting yeah. rough to find parts Hondas for. Hondas was good about it with older bikes. It's probably yeah. easier to find CBX parts from a Honda dealer than it is to find RC50 parts from a Honda dealer. <laughs> yeah, it also makes a lot of difference of how how common and how many years it ran for. And There's definitely that. Um, yeah. But when the CBX was out, Mr. Honda was alive. And Mr. Honda had a thing. He always wanted to make parts for every motorcycle he ever made. Mm-hmm. So if you have an old CB7, and the CB750 is a weird one because like you said, there were a shit ton of them. They made them for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. But they made it, there's tons of extra parts. Yeah. So Civics, even my Civics CBX, were the same way. Uh-huh. Uh, Civics were the same way. Yeah. Like Honda Corporation, period. He, his whole thing. Yeah. With, yeah. And when he died, they quit doing that. And he died when? Late 90s? Yeah, something like that. So the CBX was still that era. Even though it's a rare bike, he always wanted to have parts available. Uh, when he died, they were like, fuck this guy. Yeah, listen, man, that ain't viable. Yeah. <laughs> we're making parts for the two Trail 70s that are still out there in stock condition. Yeah, so the Buell needs it needs some work. It's got good tires now, but I need to... Um, my suspension people on track that Brady uses, I like them, but I was going to have them redo the forks, have them... I don't know if I can rebuild the stock rear shock, and the stock rear shock has dampening and rebound adjustment, but I could look at my tire, my rear spring is too stiff, which is funny because I weigh 220 pounds. <laughs> So I would think the rear shock would be good, but it's too stiff. You can wow. tell in the tire wear, the rear tire is working too hard. So I can put a lighter shock on it and get it rebuilt. Um, I think I can get the stock one rebuilt because a lot of stock shocks, you can't. They're yeah. fucking put together. Kind of like, yeah. So it's weeping. So I need a rear shock. Um, the forks aren't a big deal. You know, it's just four or 500 bucks for the forks if I had to put innards in them. And... Uh, 500 to 1500 for a shock and a clutch with luckily Barnett's has always been good to me. I can get a clutch from Barnett's. And you heard him talk about trusty Rusty. So if you've got 10 or 12,000 bucks laying around, you want to do one or two Harley Davidson based hey, race listen, bikes. And I mean, if you're just going to send me money, I want Miss Emma to fix up my 400 also. So, uh, but listen, you got about 20,000 bucks. You yeah. Send if me. you send me 20 grand, um, you can, you've got enough. You can also fly out. Uh, I'll take the 400 to Miss Emma 
I'll get it back and you and I can go on like a weekend. We'll take the CBX and the CB400 for a little weekend trip. He knows a lot of fun places to ride. <laughs> Guaranteed good time. But yeah, I mean, the, the Buell's definitely a cheater bike for that class, but it fits the class because it's got a Sportster motor. And for me, I had it. It wasn't a lot of money. It wasn't a lot of money to get ready for it. And it's a fucking good time. So, and like I said, I really want to ride Trusty Rusty, but it would have cost more to get ready. Yeah. So it just made sense to ride this. Um, It's a fun fucking bike to ride. It really is. It's a good time. It's not super fast, but it's fun. So. And not only that, but uh, you you went there, you got your license, you raced, you brought home some jewelry and dang crash. <laughs> All right, everybody, that has been our show. Tobor, thank you so much for f- flying us uh, safely home. <clears throat> and uh, stick around. We are going to be talking uh, this week. Like I said, Wigs will be on the show, um, as will other Chris. We'll be talking about a little ADV adventure we went on this last weekend, buying bikes. And speaking of Wiggins and baggers and racing, he's at it again. He's trying to do that bagger racing league thing. <laughs> so... Uh, check, stick around for that and uh, we will catch up with you uh, a little bit later this week and uh, yeah don't forget if we don't if you don't hear us again the um, Willow Springs Grand Prix this weekend be there be square don't you dare be I don't know in your underwear impact damage rating? Why would you want to know that? Zero, Tobor. Tobor? Oh god, he just leapt out of the plane. <laughs>